0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Our vision as as a church is to reach, raise, and release. And we're wanting to reach beyond next Sunday. The vision of the church has to go beyond next year. Should Jesus not return before, we we, we pray for him, we're believing for him to come, but we're planning as if he was going to be a while. We're believing in our spirits, come Lord, but we're ready and we're going to raise a generation and I want to encourage you that you have a part to play in that. Everyone in this room, whether you're um, younger or older, whatever category you put yourself in, uh, encourage you. And one of the things that I feel like is going to mark this year in particular is that we would be a people who are hungry for God, a hunger for the person of Jesus, a desire, a desperation within us, a hunger that would be almost unsatisfactory with anything else but Jesus. And I'm not talking about an exuberance or, a, you know, an extrovert, introvert kind of passionate type of thing. I'm talking about an internal desire that that brings itself out in life, where we are wanting the presence of God, where we are hungry for the things of God. And to, to mark this year, uh, you know, I don't know what the what 2020 left in your mouth, what taste it left in your mouth. Maybe for some of us, we got a bad taste in our mouth from last year. Don't let that stop what God is wanting to do this year. Don't let that uh, mess up what God is wanting to do in this year. He, I know he doesn't work in January, February, March, April, May calendar seasons whilst he does work in season. This year doesn't have to be defined by what happened last year. God can build upon it. And, and I'm not saying that 2020 was a complete write-off because God did some incredible stuff. But I, I don't want to have a bad taste in our mouth from last year. One of the good things that came out of 2020 was the memes. There were some pretty good memes about 2020. Can we chuck a couple of them up, please, Lockie? 2020 school pictures. Next one. I bet there will be flying cars in the future. Looking forward 2020, everyone's running away with toilet paper. Next one. The 2020 I wanted, the 2020 I got, social distancing, if 2020 was a slide. So there were some good things that came out of last year. We got some good memes from it. But um, the, the, yeah, we'll bring that up now. So this morning, we actually uh, want to talk about how a recipe for this year to create a recipe of hunger in our hearts. So regardless of what the taste was left in your mouth from last year... Uh, Please don't drop that. <laughs> and as we're doing this, now, I'm, I've been told men can't multitask. If you can put it up on this first part here. I've been told men can't multitask, so I'm trying to prove something. Yeah, if you can bring me that popcorn machine too. I'm actually going to cook as I preach this morning. And I need a, my assistant, my trusty assistant, my daughter Isabella, is going to come and help me to cook this morning. And uh, I need the extension cord over here. If you could run that, Chris, you're an electrician, aren't you? Could you run this lead? Get the right guy for the right job, they say. And as I preach this morning, I'm going to try and do something. I've never done this before. I'm going to try and cook a three-course meal by the time I preach this message. So I've heard that a sermon should always go as long as it takes to cook a three-course meal. I've never heard that before. I just made that up. Yeah, we'll have that. So to let you know what we're going to be eating this morning, we are going to be making our entree is going to be some popcorn. So we're going to cook some popcorn and um, we've got some little cups to give that out as well for any of the kids or bigger kids who would like some popcorn while we are in church this morning. Then we've got some... Garlic, marin garlic and chili marinated steak. I know, oh, and today's the last day of our fast, so if you're fasting still, my apologies. Don't hate me. And then we're going to make some chocolate cupcakes, and this is going to be for everyone to eat, who is eating. And we're going to be so COVID-safe that we've got gloves. All right, a recipe for hunger in 2021. Has anyone enjoyed wearing gloves this year? Masks? It was the last year, wasn't it? All right, so let's get some popcorn on. Now, here's the first step in our recipe for hunger in 2021. 2021, this is the first thing we need, a heart full of humility. First ingredient in our recipe is a heart full of humility. Let me read a scripture here as we get this going. This is from James chapter 4, verse 5 through to 10. It says, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands. So, that was 2020. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. So James is writing to a group of Christians, and it's been said that the... the, the um, the Christians that he was writing to were kind of nominal Christians, which means that almost like by name, they were Christians. Excuse my mouth. Defeats the gloves, doesn't it? I didn't. I didn't actually taste it. So they were, he was writing to a group of Christians that were. Um, By name they had said they were following Jesus, but if you were to look at their lives, if you were to look at the community, you might think something different. And he was saying that uh, one of the things that had happened is that they had mixed themselves so much with the traditions and the the lives of those around them that they'd actually missed what God was doing. And in this passage in James 4, he, he says to them that they are to humble themselves, and I humble myself with this machine, humble themselves so that God can give them grace. So what was actually taking place in their hearts was that there was pride at play in their hearts. And pride was manifesting or was coming out as as there was quarrels, there was fighting, there was strife, there was all these different things that were happening in the church at that time because of the pride in their hearts. And God says to them, you, you actually need to humble yourselves because there is grace to be able to carry out what God has for you. But in order to ac- accept that grace and access that grace, you need a humble heart. Humility actually causes us or brings us to that place where we are completely dependent and reliant on God. Pride would say, I don't need Jesus in my life. It might not say it that that clearly, but it says, I'm okay, I've got this, I can do this, I can work it out in my own strength, I can work it out by myself, I know what I'm doing here. Whereas humility says, I need Jesus, every moment of every day, I need Jesus. Without humility, you won't have hunger for God. Pride says, I'm enough in myself. I've got enough, I can do enough, I, I know what I'm doing, and I don't really need to depend on or rely on God. So why would I have hunger if, for, for, for God if I can do it all myself? Pride also says that I am able to uh, get through this by myself, I'm, I'm able to uh, live in my own strength. But humility says, I need Jesus. And humility is the first ingredient in a recipe for hunger for God. Without humility, we can't have hunger. We'll have some sort of kind of manufactured or manipulated kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm okay here, but I'm I'm worshiping God. But humility will cause us to, to cry out for God. Do you know that you, there is not one day in your life that you need God more than the other? Now, we might say, you know, in this season in life, I really needed God. But in every season in life, we need God. You need God today just as much as you need Him tomorrow. And you need Him tomorrow just as much as you needed Him yesterday. You don't need Him anymore or any less on any day. We need Him all the time for all the time. God is the one that we need. And so humility is the first ingredient in the recipe for a hunger for God. To be humble and to say without him, I am nothing. Babe, can you open this up and start this one? Mm -hmm. You good with that? Mm -hmm. If you want to start cooking that. Who likes steak? So at the start of this year, my New Year's Eve, I ended up with food poisoning because of steak. And um, the steak was getting... Is popcorn even working? Just as I said, it pops. I actually cooked some steak just before New Year's Eve, and um, it was getting close to the expiry date. And when I say close, I mean it had gone past the expiry date, but it was still close to it. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like three weeks past, it was just a couple of days past. And I smelt it, which you do, you know when it's getting close to the expiry date with the milk and you kind of, you got to prove that the expiry date isn't right. You've got to kind of test the expiry date on it. And so I, I did that with my, um, my steak and I thought, oh, you know, it smelled a little bit funny. But surely you could cook that. And anyway, I ate it and I regretted it for a couple of days after that because I got sick. You know, we can do that with God as well. We can have an experience where, you know, something happens or, or we cook a steak or something like that. There's an experience that takes place and it kind of, then we say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to eat that again. But I'm eating steak again. And I want to encourage you this morning that regardless of what has happened, humility in our lives actually drives us back to Jesus in everything. It takes us back to him. So the first thing that we need in this recipe, you're good there. You're staying with me. I know there's a lot happening on here. It's kind of like Ready, Steady, Cook. I used to chuck sickies from school to watch that. But the first thing that we need to, to cultivate is a, hum, a, a for hunger is humility. Humility. Let your heart be humble. And James's encouragement to the church is you humble yourself under the mighty hand of god are you looking at fire de- smoke detectors i thought you were checking out if there was any smoke de- smoke detectors in here you humble yourself under the mighty hand of god here is our, our two options we humble ourselves or we stay proud and god humbles us i know which one i'm choosing humble yourself Allow the Spirit of God to do the work of humility in your heart where you are dependent and reliant on Him. May this year be one where we humble ourselves before Jesus and we cry out with hunger and desperation for Him. God, I want nothing other than you. I want you to fill my life. I want you to fill me. I want you to fill me with your Spirit, with your presence. Nothing else will do. Humility. Here's the second ingredient in our recipe this morning. It's a gallon of gratitude. A gallon of gratitude. How are you going there? You good? Do you need the eggs? Butter's there. Let me read this from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I don't know what God's will for you personally is in 2021, but here's, a, here's some advice. This is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, that we would always be joyful that we would never stop praying, and that we would be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for us. Gratitude is a game changer. And I felt like this, you know, praying into this year, what, what in particular God was saying to his church is that I'm going to give you a gratitude adjustment. That it's going to be a, a, a year where we learn how to rejoice in God in every season where we learn how to be grateful to Him for who He is, what He does, what He's done in us, regardless of what takes place around us. It's not gratitude and appreciation is not based just upon the good things in life. Because Paul wrote this letter, he wrote a number of letters in prison, and he encourages Christians to be joyful, to be grateful, to be thankful in, in all circumstances. I read it again, I, th- I thought, you know, it doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances, but it does say be thankful in all circumstances. There might be things that you're not necessarily thankful for that have happened, but you can be thankful in. God can, can bring gratitude in your heart, and gratitude will actually change the game. I don't know if you've, uh, you know, I was a really, really, really good parent until I had kids. <laughs> I was super good. I knew exactly what should be happening with other people's kids. Come to church, there's a kid running around. I knew what should be happening. The parents should be taking that kid outside. Come to church now, my kid's running around. I knew exactly what to do as a parent until I had kids. But when I had kids, all that stuff, all that theory got tested. But you've probably seen this before. um, The kid that has the tantrum. At the shopping centre. You know they strategic I'm sure they strategically put lollies near the checkout. Is this a thing? This is this the actual thing? They put lollies near the checkout so when the kids are going past, they want to get a lolly before they go. Is that true? I didn't just make that up. I I'm not a conspiracy theorist. That's actual stuff. It's like IKEA. So don't worry about the government. Watch Ikea. The kid that gets to the checkout and then they start chucking a tantrum, throw themselves on the floor. And you watch that and you think, oh my goodness, why doesn't that parent do something? Because the kid's attitude, the kid's, uh, the kid's behavior in some way to us reflects upon the parent. It's not necessarily the truth because the parent could be incredible and the kid's just having an emotional meltdown we can't understand it, what's happening inside of it and so it just kind of expresses like that. So don't judge the parent. But what can happen with us is that as kids, as God's kids, we can have the same attitude. No. I want it. I want it now. And we can have this entitled attitude with God And I was thinking, I wonder what people outside of the church think about Christians when they see Christians. Do they see the most grateful people on earth? Or do they see people that are negative, that are critical? Do they see people... It got real quiet in here. (laughs) Exactly. And we can be like that with God. But the change is to be grateful, to be grateful to him for who he is, regardless of what's happening. And gratitude isn't dependent on circumstance. I say that because in 2020, we saw some difficult things. I'm not going to be the prophet of of doom, but things aren't necessarily going to get better. Things aren't going to get easier for us, for Christians. Persecution is coming. Things are going to get difficult and in that if our joy and our gratitude and our thanksgiving is only based upon what's around us what's happening grateful we need gratitude as a people who else on this earth should have such a disposition of gratitude than the people who know God the people who were creator, who understand that the creator of the heavens of the earth loves us I mean, how grateful can we be? How thankful can we be that he has chosen us? He's chosen to reveal himself to us, to show himself to us. It doesn't take us out of all of the difficult things that could happen, but it gives us that heart attitude inside that, God, I am grateful for who you are in every season. It doesn't downplay the pain that we feel, the grief that we go through. It doesn't eliminate that, but to say in this, God, I love you, I'm thankful for you, and, and I can see that your hand is here, I can see that you're moving, I can see that you're, you're there. To have that attitude of gratitude. I heard a... Um, uh, how are you going there? Good? Probably should have brought some scissors or a knife up here. Is there anyone that's not fasting today? This is not a thing to judge. Anyone want want a steak? I don't want. All the boys at the back. Do you guys want to go grab a plate? Used by date is the sixth or the first. What's the date? Is it the 10th? Why are they selling expired meat? No, it's not. It's the 9th. That'll be right. smells pretty good. I did smell it before I cooked it. I can't even see it. It actually is. It's the 9th. Come here, mate. It's got chili on it. Is that alright? Is for you? No, it's for you. Yeah. Share it, but. I've got three hungry boys at the back. There you go, sir. Beautiful. What are you clapping at him for? <laughs> He's getting free, free steak. Who wants some popcorn? This definitely hasn't expired. Any of your kids, come up and grab some popcorn. I've got some popcorn for you guys. Oh, just grab that one there. Maybe i pulled pull the table. There you go, buddy. Oh, you should, I'll give you some more. That wasn't much in there. What was I saying before? Oh my goodness! Can someone else serve this? Morning, can you come and serve this this hungry children some popcorn while I preach? So I'm supposed to be doing. Can't multitask exactly. Oh jeez. Try not to spill on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Cupcakes are coming good. Cupcakes are coming good. So gratitude, attitude of gratitude. I heard this story once of a, a pastor that sent a team over, missionary team over to a um, colony in. Uh, it was in the Trinidad. Is that a place? sent a missions team over there and they were working with a leper colony and they were doing some ministry to a group of lepers who had been isolated from community and um, they tell the story of how they went to serve and they were running a, a ministry trip and uh, they were leading, the pastor was preaching, and they were doing some worship as well. And uh, one of the services, they did some worship, and they asked, uh, as they were singing their songs, they asked if anyone in the crowd had any uh, request for songs that they would like to sing. And the pastor tells a story of how all of the, the, the lepers in this room, they were looking and they were facing in one direction, except for one who was facing toward the back throughout the whole time that they were there. And as they opened up for the request of songs, uh, they gave the opportunity to, to choose a song. This lady turned around, and her face was so disfigured from the leprosy, um, she put up her arm, and she had no hand. It had been taken, uh, she'd lost it through, through the disease. And um, she requested the song, and he said that this, this spoke to the whole team. Count your many blessings which changed the whole disposition of that ministry team, that this lady who had been stricken with leprosy, her her life had been affected, she'd lost limbs, she'd lost parts of her body, still had, thanks Mornay, still had the heart to say, I want to count my blessings in Jesus. How incredible is that to think? To be grateful. This year, if you want hunger for Jesus, have a grateful heart. Here's the next mixture. You going good, babe? No, it's good. Looks all right. Keep filling them up. The next mixture part here is to throw in a combination of godly condiments. Throw in a combination of godly condiments. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name. Yeah, go for it. For I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. When I, I love that passage. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. I devoured them. They are my joy, my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. You know, in, in the natural, when we have a, an appetite or a hunger and we eat... The food usually fills that, it fulfills that, that appetite. In the kingdom of God, God gives us a hunger and an appetite. And as we eat of his word, as we, we, we go to him in prayer, worship, do you know what happens? It doesn't necessarily get that the hunger goes. It actually happens that the hunger starts to build. The more we feast upon the good things of God, the greater the hunger in our hearts comes. The more you fill yourself, you feast upon his word, the more the hunger for his word starts to grow in our hearts. If you want to have hunger for God this year, then start to feast upon the good things of God. Fill your heart with his word. Get into the word of God. Get into the word. Get into prayer. Get into worship. Start to fill your heart. Fill your mind with the good things of God. And the hunger starts to grow. You know, when when you're starting, if someone's sick, what's one of the first things that you you think changes with them? They lose their appetite. As followers of Jesus, we can get to a place where we've lost our appetite for God, where we're no longer hungry for Him, where we're apathetic, where we're, we're kind of complacent, where we just go with the flow. And that can actually be a sign that there's something internally that's not, you know, not happening. One of, the, one of the things, when I got sick at New Year's, I, I didn't feel like eating anything. But I knew that, that I had to eat some toast. Apparently, good bread, uh, dry toast is good when you've got a stomach upset stomach. All the mum said, yeah. it's, it's good for, for the upset stomach. So I started eating toast. I didn't necessarily feel like eating, but I knew that I had to eat. It can be the same with us with our relationship with Jesus, where we don't necessarily feel like it. But I know that it's good to build some disciplines into this year. You know, there's a a tension, there's almost a balance that we have with devotion and discipline. You can become over-disciplined with no devotion, or you can become, I wouldn't say over-devotioned, but no discipline. Discipline can help to feed devotion, and devotion can help to keep on track with discipline. So when it comes to reading the word of God, when it comes to praying, sometimes we've got to build in disciplines to help feed the devotion of our hearts. And sometimes we need to kind of almost force feed ourselves to get started. So as you come into this year, as you come into 2021, why not consider uh, reading the word in a new way or reading a new chapter or reading a new book? or getting into a Bible reading plan for the first 30 days of the year, for the first month of the year, for the first six months of the year. There's great apps now where you can get a a reading plan that you can go through that will help you to stay structured, disciplined in that, and allow God to feed your spirit in a way that will keep you hungry. We can become spiritually malnutrition, malnourished, We can become spiritually apathetic, spiritually dead and numb, but I feel like God is saying this year, start to stir up, start to to get that hunger again going. Okay, you go put them in the oven. Good job, babe. Can we give her a hand for helping me this morning? Start to, to stir up your heart with the good things of God. Don't try and run on, on without them. Get into His Word. Get into His Word. He says, "This this is uh, A W Tozer said this. Whatever keeps me from my Bible is my enemy, however harmless it may appear to me." There are things that can get in the way of our devotion life. There are things that can get in the way of our prayer, of reading Scripture. Uh, But I've heard it before. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to read the scriptures, you're too busy. Make space in 2021 to feed your spirit, to feed yourself in in God. The Bible is meant to be used as daily bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. Not just cake that we pull out once a week when we come to church but daily bread to fill ourselves, to feed ourselves in. Young people, they're saying right now that that the next generation is actually the most biblically illiterate generation that we've seen. Because reading, uh, we're we're on apps, we're all on different things, but to, to not know the Bible, what will guide you in this life is when you store the word of God in your heart. So get the word of God in there. Get into it, even if it's, you're just reading a couple of passages a day, to start feeding yourself with that. And prayer. Let us be known this year as a people of prayer. Amen. Not just a church that prays, but a praying church. Like That is our rhythm. That is who we are. A people of prayer. It's in prayer that we get to know Jesus. It's in prayer that he, he gives us revelation. It's in prayer that, that he births this hunger in us. And I don't know if you've been in that space where you encounter Jesus in prayer and worship, and you just leave and you feel like, I want more of that. I don't even want to leave. Imagine a hunger that marked the church like that, where you weren't checking the time to see what time we finished. Not looking at anyone. I'd check the time just then. Well, you're not checking the time. You're like, I want more worship. I want to seek God more. I want to come to pray. I want to get together with people to, 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 to worship together. A hunger like that. You know, Pastor John Ford always preaches about revival. I've heard him, uh, you know, you guys carry this, this mandate and this yeah, anointing to kind of unlock that revival spirit in the church. And I remember him talking about, you microwaved like a fish or something once. Is that right? Does my memory serve me right? You microwaved a fish? And it blew up? Yeah. But the, the, I think the thing attached to that was revival gets messy. It blows up. Can you imagine if revival broke out and we're checking our watches? Jesus, when's this going to finish? I've got stuff to do after church. I've got, I've got things to do. All of these other things can consume us. And I understand. I totally understand. We've got priorities. We've got commitments. We've got work. We've got school. We've got kids. We've got all the things that we have to do. But Jesus, can we have hunger for Jesus above everything else? May the church be marked by a hunger for Jesus above everything else. Throw in those those godly condiments, and I'm not trying to say that as if um, you get to choose, pick and choose. Like you know, just add that to it. That's part of our lives, part of our rhythm as Christians. And here's the last thing, step four. Mix all of that with a handful of quality people. Hebrews 10.24, you probably heard this before. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Proverbs 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Hunger for God is not just something that we carry in isolation. You can, you can have a, a desire and a hunger for God, but you live in community. I don't know if you've worked that out yet, but you, you live in community. And so what happens internally in you affects the people around you. And the other way can happen as well. What happens in the people around you it, it affects what happens in you. Have you ever noticed if you get around passionate people, people who love Jesus, people who who just want to pray or or worship or follow Him, if you get around them, something happens to you? I remember some of the most biggest changes in my life came from being around people who just love God. By being in a discipleship group uh, when I was a new Christian, I, I got invited to come and be part of this discipleship group. The four guys that met every, uh, I think it was every Monday morning, 6.30 in the morning. They'd meet, they'd read the Bible, they'd pray together, chat about life. Got invited to that. That shaped my Christian walk. And at that time, I was just kind of exploring, what, what does it mean to follow God? And I had these guys around me who could answer questions, who could pray for me, who could um, help me understand what, what we're reading in the Bible. Who do you have around you that is helping to motivate and inspire and stir up the hunger for God in your life? Who is it that, that walks alongside you and, and kind of helps you in those moments when you're unsure? You know, a, a group of people, just, even just a handful, even just a couple of people in your world that are spurring you on, that are sharpening you, will change your life. It'll change your life. I told a bit of my story at the youth camp to the guys about how, you know, life was happening to me and then one of the things that took me off track was I started to hang out with the wrong group of people. How many times have you heard that? I started hanging out with the wrong group of people and I went in this direction. What happens if you start hanging out with the right group of people? The effect that has on your life when you start hanging out with the wrong group of people can take you that way, but what if you get involved in the right group of people? Could that not change your life in the same similar way, but in the opposite direction? where you surround yourself with people who are praying for you, who are believing for you, who are going to stir you up, who are going to help you to exercise your faith, who are going to spur you on, who are going to motivate you towards love and good works, to get around people who will help you in that. Maybe that means committing to community. Maybe it means uh, getting, uh, becoming part of a life group or a prayer group or just getting together with some people who you trust and you, you know will speak into you and doing life with them. But hunger for God, it, it, it becomes a communal thing. You know, there's in Revelation, the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks to the churches and um, one of the things that always kind of, you know, sobers my mind is where he, he calls one of the churches lukewarm. He says, you're not hot, you're not cold, but you're lukewarm. And so I spit you out of my mouth. When I think of that, I think, you know, this, this is not just a uh, kind of a i don 't know fairy tale this is this is like Jesus giving instruction to a group of people, and I wonder what that group of people were like. I wonder if it was that everyone just kind of became the same temperature, or if there were some that were hot and there were some that were cold and they mixed, and the ones who you know were passionate and fervent for God kind of just kind of blended back in to the lukewarm. And I wonder at times if we even notice around us. You know, one person can set a fire that ignites a whole community. Your love for Jesus can do something in other people that inspires them. Not that we do it just to do that, but it flows out and it starts to bring in life. Would you just kind of fall into the temperature, or would you follow Jesus and set the temperature? Amen. Would you become a thermometer that kind of reads what's the temperature of the church or the community or or whatever it is, and just kind of settles to that? Or would you be like a thermostat that that drives the heat. It's getting hot in here. Yes. You can help to increase the temperature, the spiritual temperature of this community by your seeking Jesus, by your relationship with God. And you can kind of just blend in. Or you can just blend in. You can just get around people and just kind of, Simmer back. Your decision. But my encouragement is let's not just kind of find the the temperature. Be someone that starts fires. Don't take that literally. Take that off the podcast. But be someone that ignites others, that helps others to become passionate for Jesus, that helps others to find who they are in Christ. And that that hunger for him, not just be contained to one or two, but to spread throughout this community. My prayer is that we would be a people who are hungry for the Lord, who are hungry for the things of God, to the point where it's like, I want more, fill me more, give me more, I want want more. God, I want more of your presence, more of your goodness, more of who you are. The recipe for hunger in 2021, and those things there aren't—they're regardless of what takes place around us. They don't—they don't require perfect conditions to happen. They're internal dispositions and disciplines that God can lead us in to grow and be healthy in our walk. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.